0: Welcome to the Everlasting Education Podcast, the best of education through a gentle contempt for education. Hi folks, Scott and Joffrey back here, and we're going to be talking about um, an informal classical education. But I wanted to start uh, today's episode um, by talking about a story, telling you a story. Uh, so recently, um, this summer, traveling for our various consortium um you know, in Louisiana. And then, uh, next week, um, actually when this comes out, it'll be, uh, New England. But, uh, so on our way, uh, went through Phoenix, Arizona, uh, to see, uh, my oldest daughter and our, uh, two grandchildren there. And of course her husband as well, but you know, who's counting. (laughs) (laughs) Hi everybody. I'm here. (laughs) (laughs) Love you, Ricky. If you listen to this. Uh, but yeah, so we, we were, we were there and, um, my daughter wanted to take me to this bookstore and um, she wanted me to pick out a book for Father's Day and like, you know, taking this. Nice. And I knew it was going to be a great experience. when We pulled up because it was the bookstore is called Alcuin Books. Mm-hmm. And if you know, anybody knows Alcuin was an advisor to Charlemagne. And uh, he's the one that famously when uh, Charlemagne said, I need 30 men like you or something like that. He's like, the Lord only had 12 and they weren't even educated. <laughs> so anyway, Alcuin was a, a, a classical educator, uh, of the period. And, and Charlemagne used him to, you know, basically, uh, you know, uh, form uh, classical education and schools and, and, and stuff. But in any case, so I knew it'd be fun. Uh, but my daughter was in love with the owner of the bookstore owner and he's 84 years old, uh, kind of a heavyset man sitting back behind this chair. When you go in and talk to him, he just um, starts talking, you know, he's just telling you stories and it's, it's a beautiful bookstore. Uh, lots of, you know, classical works, a lot of first edition, Quality books. It's
1: what city is it in? Just in case we have listeners where that.
0: Yeah, this is in Phoenix, okay. uh, over by Scottsdale, and so it's it's a beautiful bookshop. I would highly encourage you to uh, to check it out. I actually picked up, uh, so I'm going to wander away. From, yeah, yeah. But uh, so what what I picked out was a copy. I don't think it's a first edition, but it's an it's an old copy, very well, uh, great condition, very well bound, uh, of uh, Washington Irving's sketchbook, mm. uh, which is in. Some ways, the first American—I uh, uh, wouldn't call it a novel; it's a group of short stories. But it's—if uh, you're familiar with it at all—it's the—it's the first American piece of literature. So, in the early days of of America, of course, they're still looking to Europe for you know all their literary heroes and and whatnot. And Irving's kind of one of the early you know you know he'd rip van winkle and and yeah. uh, uh headless horseman um, anyway uh and it's it's called the sketchbook of jeffrey Crayon. and it's a bunch of short stories told in a frame story uh so anyway this is a beautiful copy and that's what i picked up but the point of the story <laughs> is that as we're talking um if you were to have asked the man, are you classically educated? You know, are you a Christian? Um, and I didn't ask those particular questions. We were just listening to him talk. And, and that was one of the things my daughter said, you just got to listen to him talk. He'll read books. And when he picks up a book and starts reading a passage, he's, she said, it's just you fall in love with it. And, and as he's talking, he's talking about classics. He's talking about Christianity. He's just talking about all these things. And you can tell he's a classically educated person um, and, and I think he actually went to Berkeley back in the day huh. uh, he, he had mentioned you know there but wouldn't identify with you know modern Berkeley and and thought there but uh, so he just begins talking about you know I love when I see young people come in and they pick up a copy of Plato or they're reading Cicero or they're you know reading one of the medieval you know or the one of the church fathers and you know he said I, I feel like there might be hope <laughs> for our country because people are actually reading uh, you know good books and so it was just really interesting to listen to him talk, uh, as a bookstore owner and somebody who just loves books, both in quality and in content. Right. So it was, it was a lot of fun.
1: And that fits right with that. Uh, so th- th- that is our topic today, informal classical education. And the, the reason we want to talk about this y'all is that we want you to feel confident in classical education, yeah. realizing that we're talking more about a lifestyle and a bunch of books, mm-hmm. right? We're not talking about pressure to get certain curricula done or check certain boxes, right? This is right up the alley of the same stuff. We always talk about just a, a new angle, the sort of angle that you that know, is really, I mean, one of the great ways of, of thinking about education is, uh, do you love books? Do you love knowledge? And this man did. I, I don't know if you know, Scott. Uh, did you know that I owned a used bookshop?
0: I did, yeah. Y- yeah. And I, <laughs> I I actually thought about you um, in there because it's always been a dream of mine. And one of the things the guy said was, you know, owning books, you know, he said, I used to have more time to read. <laughs> you yeah. know, he said, I still read a lot. Um, he was actually reading a book I had just finished. Um, and he asked me if I'd read it. It was on Saving Socrates uh-huh. about a Dominican guy who... Um, came to the U S and went to Columbia, uh, to the great books program there. And uh, anyway, so that's uh, another great book to read. Huh. So, but back to your story about owning a bookstore. Um, well,
1: I was, you know, I was actually going to go from there to talking about Larry McMurtry's bookstore <laughs> in Texas. Larry McMurtry was the author of uh, lonesome, dove. lonesome and dove. I'm pretty sure that he's uh, he has passed away in the last few years, but, um, you know, he he wrote many famous novels, and of course, Lonesome Dove was made into this very mm-hmm. famous uh, miniseries. A very Texan author, um, and uh, he, but he used he owned uh, this immense used bookshop mm-hmm. somewhere in Texas, Central Texas, I think. And he wrote a memoir called Books, mm. and it was just about his relationship with books. And it's to this day, it it just remains one of the most delightful, enchanting books I've ever read and you know, it, 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 in a way, it, it makes me think of my bookstore experience, of my own childhood. Of how much I identified with C.S. Lewis and surprised by joy when he's talking about just having this immense house that he was able to walk around as a kid and just pick up books. That he, I remember Lewis even even says that you know there were there were probably books. I'm pretty sure he says this. Maybe I'm just projecting.
0: No, no, he does. Yeah, there,
1: there were probably books on those shelves that he shouldn't have read. <laughs> that happened to me too. I <laughs> you know. And it, what a blessing it was that I mean you know I, I moved every year or two. I lived in several countries. Um, you know, but, you know, and I went to all sorts of different schools, Mm -hmm. public schools, private schools, and, and, you know, homeschooled eventually. Uh, but the, the, the consistency throughout that was my family culture and all of these books that never changed. And in truth, that's how. I was principally educated.
0: Well, I, I want to bring up an anecdote that you had told me some time ago, uh. a, a personal anecdote. And so if you don't want me to tell it on air, stop me okay. or we'll cut this out. Here. <laughs> but but I I, I, I love this um, and, and I've thought about it often. I have no
1: idea what you're trying to. <laughs> try
0: <it out. laughs> well, I'm going to say it's joffrey used to skip class when he was <laughs> in high school um oh, but no. but now when when i was in high school and i would skip school you know i was publicly. Oh, wait, wait,
1: wait, hold on hold on sorry so this anecdote you were warning me about is about you
0: No, it's about you. Oh, okay. But I was I was just kind of filling in. When when I skipped school, I went and did things that I wasn't supposed to do and got in trouble. I was publicly educated and grew up in a Christian home. So but when Joffrey (laughs) skipped school, he hung out at the library reading books or at the museum, uh, you know, and and doing the (laughs) But don't follow my example. (laughs) But but I, I bring that up simply because, you know, even in you know, getting out of the formal education, the classroom, you know, where it was probably kind of boring. And, and I know it was for me in public education. I didn't know why at the time, but, um, but you know, where did you go to the, to your curiosity and your wonder of things that are, are, are good. And, and, that goes back to an episode we did earlier about what classical, how to explain classical education. And we said, it's, it's a kind of an approach and a pedagogy, Yeah. but it's a, it's, it's a pedagogy that's applied. It's inculcated.
1: Yes. Cause the reason I was that way was because of my parents was specifically because of my mother.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, it's, you know, it wasn't something that was, you know, naturally in me. I don't think it's naturally in, 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 most people, but you know, my mom molded me to, to be that way.
0: Um, wh- why, how, how, how did she mold you that way? I think it was mostly
1: about attitude and conversation, mm. right? So I was, you know, it didn't matter that I was eight or nine years old. Okay. Right? Uh, she w- was taking me seriously and giving me things to read and encouraging me to, you know, I mean, so I, I was raised on, on Lewis and Tolkien Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you know, I had no idea what what, what rich territory that was, um, but you know, that's I was that's, that's what shaped me, and it was because of the, the constant relationship and conversation. What it was not was uh, a list of classes that we had to get through with her, or you know, it, it, any sort of time pressure. It was simply the fact that she you know, she was there and she interacted. You know, I remember when I was twelve, um, you know, our house burnt down. Mm. The Berkeley fire of 91, which was a big oh, one, like, you wow. know, 5,000 homes, you know, FEMA, that whole thing. Um, and, uh, you know, so we had to go find an apartment uh, out away from from the Bay Area and you know, everything was in turmoil. And I have one of the, my fondest memories of my childhood is from that time because, you know, there we were in the middle of this, this new apartment complex, didn't know anybody. Uh, wearing, wearing clothes that we had had to scrounge up at the thrift store cause everything was gone. Um, and you know, m- my dad having to, having to commute into, into work a long ways that winter, uh, for not the first time, my mother uh, read us the trilogy
0: of the ring out loud. Oh, wow. You know? That's education. Yeah, it, it it is, and and I didn't mean to give you such a jolting. Why? Tell me a moment ago, but 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 it it did. It, it kind of excited me. I you know I want our listeners here. You know how how does a parent do that naturally, and and it's 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 um, what would I call uh, sparking your wonder, the the curiosity, and and introducing you to these this rich content. You know the best that has been written and said, you know, over the, you know, the last 2,500 years, you know, and that's, that's what a classical education is. Well, when you were talking about the McCurdy, uh, book on Mm -hmm. books, I have not read that. And that will be something I order today. Um, (laughs) or I may run over the books and see that. I mean, because I I love it because it reminded me of a book I had read several years ago. And I always recommend it when people ask me what they should, you know, what are some good books to read? Louis L'Amour wrote a book called the education of a wandering Man,
1: maybe there's some unplumbed depths to uh western writers. I yeah,
0: mean we're, we're talking about McMurtry and Louis Lemoore. <laughs> <L'Amour. laughs> well, if if you've read Louis L'Amour, I mean, it's it's sort of a pro he's a process writer, it, yes, it appears, yes. you know what I'm saying. So he, he's got but what his, fun, yeah, it is, and and he's, I mean prolific in in all that he has he's written but what's really exciting is the education that he received and he, and he received it by dropping out of school at 16 so for the second time we're talking about dropping out Kids. don't do this this is not what we're encouraging what we're saying is that uh
1: the baseline is actually not what your classes or your teachers or your schools yes. are doing the baseline is something else but build build better on that yes
0: well but I, I think at that time in the yeah. world, like when Louis Lamore was growing up, I mean the, the you know, you've got the Great Depression and all the yes. things going on. So life was a little bit different. Um and so needing to work my my grandfather left home when he was twelve. Yeah. Um, literally, and became a sheep herder and, and you know, did some of the the travels like Louis But Louis L'Amour left and he worked all these exciting kind of jobs. Like he, he worked at a mine, he worked a train station, he worked on a ship, he worked like he worked all these different jobs and they would hitch rides in the back of farm trucks or on trains and they always had a book, you know? And so back in these days there were like at the USO and the local library and what would be like a modern truck stop or something today, they would, um, have these, library loan thing so you would drop a book off and pick up a book and so he talks about all the books that he read while he was traveling and they would sit like on a train car going from, you know, carpet bagging kind of thing, going from place to place and they would discuss what they were reading. They were having Socratic dialogue in the box car. (laughs) So yeah, it just sounds a lot of fun and um, and it's, it's because of wonder that's being sparked, and then it's being applied to, you know, like we keep using the term the best that's been thought and written.
1: Yeah. I mean, let's not forget that, you know, Wonder is is something, you know, I, I use the word inculcated earlier, but, you know, it, it's something that's that's fostered mm-hmm. uh, that, you know, you you have to you have to care for and, and, and bring up in yourself, but in others. Right. It first happens that other people are, are a blessing to you and they inculcate this this thing in you and. The constant with that is it may be that here or there, there's this wonderful little-known book like we just did that for each other, right? Mm-hmm. Like you know, but the 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 reason there are these two books that we had with the other hadn't heard of. uh, Well, the thing that unify them is is the love for books and and what books? Well, McMurtry may talk about the comic books that he loved, but really the the depth uh, of of the broth that he's that he's he's cooking up is the great works, right? Yeah. Throughout human history, what, ha- what have the acknowledged greats been? And that's the foundation, right? This 84-year-old man in Arizona loved it when kids came in and picked up Plato or picked up one of the church fathers. Why? Because it has a unifying cosmic Greatness.
0: Mm. Well, and it, it, it's unifying. Now, one one thing to keep in mind as we talk about this, you know, unifying cosmic greatness, is to recognize that in this body of literature, sometimes people call it a canon. I don't necessarily like that word because right. that that kind of uh, implies that that uh, there's a set list. Yeah, a set list, but. Not everybody agreed, but and they were in conversation with each other, right? So, right. so it's it's not like you you uh, you know you have this definitive answer, but there's sort of a dialectic going on between all of these great writers and thinkers over this you know this unified right. you know.
1: I mean, you know, one of the things that can again, tempt us to think of 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 this canon as a canon in the sense of a set list is well, I mean, if you think about. You know, if we had a discussion about the basketball greats, Mm. right, or like top 75 like the NBA was doing over the last couple of years, I mean, certain players would be on everyone's list and others wouldn't, right? But everyone's top five is pretty much always the same, right? Right. So it's significant that Dante is always on the list. Shakespeare is always on the list. Cervantes is always on the list. You know, why? Why? Yes. Right. Because, so everyone, it's yeah. always there. Now it, it may be that some other authors aren't, and there's some debate about it. You know, and that's part of the fun. It is not a set list, but some of them are so great they'll be on all of everybody. The, yes. Yeah,
0: everybody's list because you you can't have an edu- a, a, a classical education, and we're not calling a classical education this thing, but a, an education that's broad and classical without having read. Plato or Dante or Milton or some of these who have shaped the world that we live in. Right. You know?
1: And then that equips us to be able to say, thing, you know, well, you know what, Chesterton, you know, Chesterton's orthodoxy changed my life. Mm-hmm. I think it's one of the greatest books ever written. Yeah, You know, a thousand years from now, we can know if that's a consensus opinion, but I can tell you that. I can tell you uh, what C.S. Lewis meant to me. I can take a new book, like Notes from the tilt World, whirl you mm. know, uh, it's, it's, it's a book by you know a, a local author. He's written some successful novels, but there's this book called notes from a Tilted world that had the same impact on me that Chesterton's orthodoxy did. Yeah. It hasn't had that impact necessarily on everyone who, everyone who's read it, but I, I, we can have these conversations because there's something that, that brings us, that holds us together. Right. And, and that's the fact that in the background of both of us is an understanding of what, greatness is.
0: Yes. And, and that's the fact that you're bringing up the idea of greatness, or we're talking about the idea of greatness in this modern democratically oriented world to say something Mm. is great. You know, that implies something isn't so great. Uh, (laughs) and, And that's, that's a no, no in this world. But, but I think that's so important to recognize because you can't read everything. You can't interact with everything. You can't know everything. So we want to be uh, discerning, and yes. and and we want to be very careful about what we're reading and spending our particularly time,
1: particularly when we're shaping ourselves. Yeah. Right, uh, reading Louis L'Amour is a lot of fun. Yep. Right, and you know, and there is you know, there's stuff uh, that's written out there that's straight up evil, wicked, toxic, poisonous. Right, there's stuff that is bad for you. Uh,
0: but then there's just, you know, a little fast food, a little five minute mm-hmm. rice.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's great. But uh, you have to have a healthy body before you eat that stuff.
0: And there are things that maybe at different stages of life. You right. shouldn't read or, or different times. I, I remember as a kid, I was, you know, a little bit like Lewis in that I just, you know, we had bookshelves and I'd pick up a book and start reading. And, you know, I just tried to read. Everything was on the shelf because I loved it. And one day I picked up this book called Helter Skelter Oh. <laughs> and um are you familiar with it at all?
1: It's, it's a beatnik thing.
0: Um No, it's it's actually it's about uh, Charles Manson. Oh wow! Uh, and I okay. think I was like,
1: oh hey, wait, is that the Rolling Stones thing? Yeah, and it was it was doing, it was hitting somewhere in, in, yeah, my, yeah. in my brain.
0: So I was like, I don't know, nine or ten or something, yeah. you know. And it was the it was the it was kind of a, the story of of uh, Manson stuff. And I'm picking up reading, and I'm like, what is going on? Yeah. Here? And my mom's like. <laughs> Give me that, you know, uh, you know, you're not allowed to read that. Um, and, and so there was, you know, this, you know, there is a, you know, nowadays to, to look at that as a documentary and, and know historically what happened, you know, for, for a, a young adult or something, that wouldn't be an issue, but for a kid, yes. you know, that wouldn't be appropriate at that, at that age. So, so things that are, um, you know, you know, meaty may not be appropriate at every age. That's all I'm trying to say. Things so are. maybe
1: curate your your bookshelves when you're thinking about your kids. But one of the things this makes me think of, and, and it's a slightly off topic, but how good a thing is boredom?
0: Mm.
1: <laughs> <laughs> one of the problems in my life personally right now is that I'm never bored. Yeah. Oh, man. I need to be bored a little more. Kids need to be bored a little more. Uh, it inspires greatness.
0: It <laughs> Total side comment. I don't think
1: we should go down that that, that trail necessarily, but man, bo- I remember when people could get bored. Yeah. You must feel old. This is... <laughs> I feel, old.
0: <laughs> I, I never confessed to being bored because my dad always had a remedy for bored kids. Oh yes, yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, so, I, so did my parents. And,
1: <laughs> and I, I, I do like to say, and I believe that there's some, some truth to this. I do like to say to, to my kids that uh, only boring people are bored. Yeah. But really the, what, what's behind that is, you know, if you truly are getting bored, then go do something or pick up a book. Yeah. Right. That's, yep. that's, 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 that's ultimately what that means.
0: Well, you were talking earlier, uh, so I'm going to shift gears here a little bit, but you were talking earlier about comic books and, mm. and reading and, and, you know, fast food and, you know, eating a little bit of rice, but you gotta be healthy first. Um, but I think comic books, um, there's something to comic books, yes. and there's a great book, and it's written in a comic book fashion by Scott McCloud, called "Understanding the Invisible Art" or "Understanding Comics: The Invisible Art," and and he talks about how, um, it, it, basically, it's a literary treatment of of how our mind. Uh, operates on, you know, on, on reading, mm. you know, and what happens between the two comics, you know, to the, the two pictures and thing Anyway, it's fascinating. It's a philosophy. Uh, Neil Gaiman, uh, you know, it's one of Neil Gaiman's must reads. And so I picked it up some years ago and read it. And when you were talking about it, I thought about it. So we're giving these recommendations. So if you like comic books, you might want to pick up Scott. book
1: Yeah. You know, maybe we can grow Kepler to the point soon where, uh, We can offer a graphic novel
0: course. uh, That would be be a lot of fun. (laughs) So if there's any teachers out there that uh, are comic book illustrators or writers, (laughs) that would be a lot of fun. Well, we hope that uh, you love uh will love reading and uh have some boredom this summer to pick up some good books and <laughs> and uh and read and uh let us know uh send us a, an email or or um comment where wherever you listen to the com uh, the the podcast and let us know what are you reading this summer.
1: Yeah. I'll, I'll add to that put a paperback in your back pocket or whatever the girl equivalent of that if you're a female. <laughs> Walk around with a book yeah. and just, you know, Find a spot to take it out and and enjoy it. just walk around to the book. See how that changes you. That would be great. Well, have a great
0: summer, everybody. So long.